Hello, welcome to the Cunning Plan podcast. Uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, last time we were here, we talked a lot about Joe's uh, takeaways from the big social media conference that we were visiting last week. Um, we covered off a lot of things about the future of social media, advertising, way people are handling data, types mm. of you know, bots, and all, there was all, all sorts of stuff. Covered it. If you didn't listen to it, if you didn't watch it, then go and check it out. We'll put the link in the uh, in the description. Um, but today we're here to talk about part two from our discussion uh, and we're going to be covering off augmented reality, virtual reality and live streaming and there's a huge amount to go out here as well isn't there. So first up let's talk a little about uh, AR and VR. It's funny isn't it because you know you mention things like Google Glass and suddenly people go oh yeah Google Glass yeah. It quickly seems to, VR has made a couple of attempts to come in and it quickly gets killed off. Uh, and the guy who was speaking was from a, a cool company called Draw and Code, and he was just—he quite—he opened the conversation by saying, "You are not going to use this this year, and probably not next year." But he said that companies are becoming more and more understanding of how it can be used. Big brands that can afford it because it's very expensive technology are using it to experiment with. Um, my favorite example he used—I never really picked up on this—but uh, Zara don't do advertising I had never thought about it but you he says they very very rarely do any kind of advertising they are built on the whole this is us we don't need to advertise you know who we're, what we're about yeah. and this is we don't need to advertise it but they did do uh, an AR campaign where you could sort of you could sort of scan what someone if you found someone in the street who you it sounds a bit creepy I suppose but if you saw someone in the street who you thought dressed quite well yeah you could take a picture okay, and then I know this sounds a bit weird but Zara shouldn't shouldn't do that if you see someone in the street (laughs) that you think looks good ask the permission first before you take a picture of them kids that's not it's not okay just to keep taking photos of people in the street that gets you arrested exactly thank you Zara but exactly Zara encouraging that but you took the picture and then Zara would find the clothes that would match that fashion type and you could do that using their app using the AR they built on that app and it was it was a really clever way he did say it was a little bit clunky because the technology is still new and you know but he said that's what brands are doing they're, they're trying it they're sort of understanding its potential use and for clothing brands that ability to on Instagram take a screenshot of an influencer that you think looks is, has got you know a great look a suit or whatever it is and you can quickly put that onto an app and that app can find that, clo- that sort of clothing for you but obviously make it for a cheaper or from a different brand that you prefer. It's fascinating to me because I think that's using, that's using AR in, in a way that I, I hadn't really thought about before. Uh, so he was talking about how brands will slowly, especially clothing brands, will start to use it that way. Uh, he was talking about how people think Pokemon Go sort of had its peak but as an AR platform, that is still very much, I think he compared it to Steam, which is the very popular sort of PC, uh, sort of, I don't know how you describe Steam, it's sort of an all- well, It's a platform, isn't it? It's a shop, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically a store, but it's a, yeah. Exactly, of. so basically every PC user uses Steam in order to use the games that they're using, and they have 67 monthly users. Pokemon Go has 65. 67 monthly users or 67 million, million monthly Sorry, yeah. 67 million, million monthly <laughs> users. 
Uh, wow. And how many Pokemon go? 65, 65 million. million. So wow. he was saying, as much as you think Pokemon's been and gone, it actually still has a huge, huge uh, fan base of people who are using AR on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And, and they've was, massively iterated on I mean, they haven't, yeah. they haven't just put that out there and left it, you know, it was, what was it, two, you know, three years ago that it came out? At least, yeah, yeah. And they've been growing that and developing it over time. Exactly, they? exactly. So he was saying how it's already out there, you're already using it, you would have used it at some point, inevitably, whether it's through a potential thing like the Zara advert or whether it's using Pokemon Go. It's been used in so many little aspects of life that you don't quite realise it's there. He did. Google Translate, there's a great, you know, exactly. hold the camera up something in a different language and you can see that and sign like, re- rewritten. It's exactly. It's, it, there's some really clever stuff out there. And, on, and of course, for, for many people, I suppose of a certain age group especially, Snapchat uses it every day. You yeah. can yeah. manipulate whatever you want from your picture using AR. So it's all there. I think people aren't quite aware that it is augmented reality, yeah. AR, just to be clear, that they're using. And I think he's saying it's now becoming more and more popular. And as it reaches a more public domain, brands will inevitably start to work out how they can use it for their own advantage. Obviously, with Snapchat, you see live events will be sponsored by certain brands. Gatorade had a really, really famous one over the Super Bowl. It's a famous thing in in the NFL when the winning coach wins the game. He gets the sort of big bucket of Gatorade poured over him. It's it's sticky. It's very, yeah, I don't really understand where it came from, but it's... And it's full of ice as well, so it, you know, and it's played in January, so it's not really ideal. But Snapchat users during the Super Bowl could do it to themselves. Right. So you do Snapchat and Gatorade, and it was really popular, and it was run by Gatorade. So brands are already getting out there with this idea of AR. Mm. It's uh, it's the idea of VR that is the slightly less sort of popular Mm. mechanism. But so just to be clear, so just for anyone that doesn't understand. So yes, augmented sorry. reality is about adding something to the world around us. So you hold a camera up or a phone or whatever else and you will see something slightly different on the on mm. the handset. So it'll add something, you know, something on screen here that could be something sitting right here beside me right now. Um, one day. For example. One day one um, day. Whereas virtual reality is very much more an individual thing. It's a you know, yeah, I guess augmented reality is bringing something Mm. fantastical into our world whereas augmented whereas virtual reality is about us going to another, another world. world yeah absolutely and he was saying that VR is still very much in its early stages he's he was he didn't want to make any predictions with VR because he said it's it's we've seen it before with Google Glass with the televisions about 10 years ago that were all heralding the fact they could use virtual reality but no one embraced it so he's no. he's more keen to to say that you know, augmented reality is, is really where a lot of brands are starting to focus in on. He said there'll be, I think it was, God, yeah, two billion users in the next five years. So, I mean, it's Apple clearly are putting a lot of effort into their, you know, yeah. their solution as well, aren't they? So I think that's what it that's what it comes down to. Is when a big company gets behind it and says, yeah, this is going to happen. There's a pretty good chance it's going to happen. No, it's. I think it's exactly as soon as the big brands start to embrace it, as we've seen a few companies trying it, and I think the. But with virtual reality, what you're saying that, that, that that's even further away, really. Or I think he's it, saying, if indeed it even is, because I'm not sure if it might just be a little just, fad. I think he's just, yeah, he's just nervous to see whether brands will embrace it. I think people will use it for campaigns that they do 
in store or they do physically with people because they put the headset on and they can you can especially holiday companies that you can sort of take each other elsewhere I think Facebook a lot of movies with, you know, there's, a, yeah. there's a great Spider-Man sort of exp- a lot of these experiences that yeah. you, know, you go in and play a little experience to try and sell a DVD or sell a exactly. DVD from 1985 <laughs> get a VHS get a video get a Betamax <laughs> sell a Blu-ray exactly. or just a digital a digital version yeah exactly but he was saying that Facebook have got the uh, they're, tr- they're testing uh, I can't remember the exact name of Facebook sort of uh, sort of town thing they're trying to create where basically you, you stick the headset on and you can talk to your friends across the world because you all meet up in this sort of sort of virtual reality world you sort of cartoon characters a bit like uh, sounds like Second Life to me it's it's this by the same guy who made Second Life bizarrely enough Um, it just just goes around and around it's It's the same guys instead of another crack at doing that it didn't work but it was maybe it was just to when Second Life was massive it was huge yeah yeah. it was was really big so PlayStation Home was another one that I just absolutely didn't didn't succeed didn't work but But you feel like with a company like Facebook yeah and the video is they've got their Oculus is it Oculus they own isn't it so they I think so yeah yeah Yeah. I think they're trying to use they're trying to use Oculus certainly but they're trying to sort of you know what Facebook like they're trying to it's quite sort of a bit happy clappy but it's the idea of friends you know in the United States in you know Australia in the UK in Japan wherever all across the world we'll be able to meet in this sort of in the advert it's a slightly cartoonish little sort of room sort of like a little bar or something and they all meet around the table and they celebrate someone's birthday all together because they've got the headset on and it's in a virtual reality world and you can talk to each other and you can just jump from chat to chat and it's an interesting idea mm. and with a company like Facebook behind it it could be very very popular but he was he was just understandably wasn't going to make any bold predictions whereas with augmented reality it's a hell of a lot easier because you've got Pokemon Go, you've got Snapchat, you've got huge companies that are already, you know, you're already using it. You, you're bound to have interacted with it already. Whereas virtual reality, unless you've stuck a headset on, it's unlikely that you would have uh, interacted with it so much. So the other thing that you were talking a lot about um, after the conference was live streaming. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, how this is changing, how we should be using this, you know, what did you gather? So I think the speaker was... Uh, you know, started off on an interesting point. You know, Facebook Live has now been around for a while. Mm. Still, there's not a huge uptake of people using it regularly. You've got your consistent sort of uh, social media marketers who like to talk about what they're doing, and they will do that through live streaming because they're sort of showing off their sort of skill with it. But beyond sort of sort of experts, specialised people who use video content, not everyone is using it. He was really advertising the fact that you should give it a go. If you're not confident in front of the camera, if you're not someone who enjoys, you know, speaking in public, he said, just try and try and put those fears to one side. The fear is probably a good thing. It helps you focus. It helps you, you know, it shows that you care a lot about what you're doing, uh, and you should try and just use it a little bit and just give it a go because some of the stats he was giving us, and I have to look at my screen, I'm afraid, but live video, he said, 75% more shares than a regular video, really? and we already know that regular video is the m- most engaging of content you can mm. create it's more engaging than is that se- not, that's 75% more on a regular shares than a normal video not just than a normal post but exactly normal, I mean, a, a normal, video is already good but this is even better okay. on a normal video absolutely and is that just whilst you're whilst you're live or is that on live video after it's been posted 
I think he's taking both in because he's, I think one of the things he was, he's clear to say is when you are going live, he said, make sure you're live for a good amount of time. He said, if you're live for five, ten minutes, you'll get the opening sort of bunch of people who have, who have seen that you're going to go live and will follow you on to it, 10, 15, 20 people, depending on the size of your account. But he said, try and be live for a bit longer because people are constantly logging in and if they suddenly see that you're live, they'll start watching. So you need mm. to give people a chance to log in and see. And if they, and he said, you know, make sure you build up. So a week before, say you're gonna go live on this day, day before, an hour before, and then go live. So you give people plenty of notice, especially if you're at a live event or if you're doing something, you know, specific that, you know, is of interest to your audience. Give them lots of notice, I'm sure they will log in. Mm. So he said, make sure you give people the opportunity to join you on the video. But I think he was also saying, once you promote that video, once that video is now on your profile, it's still of a live nature. It might not, therefore, it might not be a sort of regular video, but it's still a live themed video. You're still yeah. presenting something. Yeah. So the shareability of that is, in his opinion, and from the stats that he's given us, are far more shareable than if you just did a standard piece of video content without a presenter, without a sort of live feel to it. Um, so that was, for me, a huge statistic. Mm. Um, yeah, that seems to be, like, I think that's always been my kind of frustration with people when they do go live on Facebook or any other platforms, really. It's because it seems to be like, well, we've got this idea, we're going to go live on this thing. Mm. So they wait for a thing to start, they hold their camera in their hand, they stick it on Facebook Live, they realise that this is completely unsustainable because nobody can stand there holding their hand like that for any extended yeah. length of time. It's all shaky, it's like, it's not always, you know, they're not always in the best position. Yeah. And ultimately, it lasts for a few minutes, and then the person thinks, oh, I'm going to... Well, they, they're constantly whizzing it around. Oh, let's look at Joe now, and let's look over here, and now let's look over there. And it's like, ah, I just can't watch that. Whereas I think, yeah. when, you know, when it works, and we've done it in the past, it's you set it up on a tripod, you put your camera on there, you make sure you've got a separate battery pack so you can keep your phone's mm. going to keep his battery and whatever else. And then you just let it roll, and you capture whatever happens there and then that day and you know we've done little things like using title cards and just holding them in front of the camera and say five minutes to go two minutes to go and so on and so forth so you can build that audience ahead of time and then keep going throughout the whole thing so you don't as you say you don't yeah. give people two minutes to catch something and if they didn't catch it well go back and, and watch yeah. the thing because it's, it's not as good when you watch a live video not live exactly that, that's just not as it's not as interesting is it it's, it's not as interesting as I said unless you're at a very specific sort of cool live event that someone might want to look at again later it's very rare someone's going to go back to a live video and go I want to watch whatever it was yeah but he said you know give it a go, try doing it for at least 10 solid minutes. And he said, don't worry if you're not a natural presenter, just, I think the thing is, make sure you plan. I think people worry that when you go Facebook Live, you kind of sort of decide, I'm gonna go live, I'm gonna film this and we'll see how it goes. And no wonder people get scared with it because they go live and they suddenly realize I'm on camera and I don't really have a plan. But if, you, if, you set, if you're gonna walk around somewhere, decide which destinations you're gonna go to, you know, we've done it before where we interview people. So you, you go live and you make sure the people you're going to go talk to are ready as well, because that's always a slightly <laughs> awkward situation, isn't it? But just burst into a room with the camera. Hi, I'm here to talk to you, exactly. Joe. Joe's like, Remember I emailed you last week, I'm going to come chat to you. You know, I'm here now. But, you know, do a little plan, you know, wreck it as well. Do a little run through. 
and logically, you know, when you do go live, it might not be polished, but that's fine. I don't think people are expecting it to look like, you know, a BBC One production. It's just going to be a nice, simple run-through. But as long as you've got a nice, smooth plan, the, the video itself should be smooth. And also interesting, if you are planning it, you won't have, you know, dead space in that video. Mm. Um, so he was really just emphasising people just becoming a bit braver. Um, even with something like a podcast like this, he was he was sort of giving advice on... on um, you know, vocal warm-ups. He made us do a, a slightly embarrassing vocal warm-up, which was interesting. I think he just said, just embrace the fact that you are going to be on camera, so don't worry about you know. Let's do let's do a vocal warm-up, Joe. So like soundless. I, I wish I could remember the lyrics to the song, but it was to the me, 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 me. that William Tell overture. So he made us all stand up. Okay. We won't stand up. We won't stand up. Shot, but. And then he sort of made us sort of do a, a lip warm up, and he basically, just, basically like that, sort of just do that from a high note to a low note, so like that, just to get the lips moving. And then we did this William Tell overture to uh, something about ping pong balls. It wasn't rude. It wasn't rude. Okay. But it was by saying ping pong balls, ping pong balls, and something else. It's that sort of mouth movement that you are warming up. Okay. And so William Tell, you sort of. You're getting the vocal range as well. So he said, if you do that before a podcast, we haven't done, apologies, or do it before a video, you suddenly will find that your voice is, is a bit more attuned and ready. Right. To not sort of, you won't get stuck, you won't sort of find yourself uh, clamming up, or you'll just be a bit ready, you won't have a voice sort of break in the middle of it as well, which could be embarrassing. You know, you'll be ready for it. Um, and he said, you're, you make sure your voice is, is not just monotoned as well. I hope we haven't been today. Oh, yeah, I feel really conscious about keep it. Really conscious about making sure that we don't talk in a monotone way. But I always find it interesting because on, on, on the BBC, the radio presenters are always that the classic news voice. It's, it's so monotonous. Not, not anymore, so though. So now they, like, they went like full the other way and got a, just like, we need to get accents from... Every corner, Over, of oh, the, uh, uh, every corner of the year. Oh, we're excited, exactly. But I, and it's, it's showing how, how what an exciting person I am. But on Radio 4 this morning, you get people who are still signing off. And from Radio 4 today, this is the... And it's that classic... It's just the shipping forecast. I don't know why anyone listens. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, luckily, I am not old enough yet to listen to uh, Radio 4. You don't find it that interesting. but No, I, it's just something to have on for me. But it's, it's, there are still people who talk in that classic sort of not monotone but it's a very dull way of speaking and it's the BBC yeah. you think they would have developed that and he was saying that just make sure you have as you were saying just a bit of a few high notes and a few low notes to keep your voice a little bit more interesting because if you talk at one tone it's going to get very boring and people will switch off and you will sound like you don't really know what you're doing either yeah. as well yeah. so he had a lot of he wasn't just talking about sort of live streaming itself as a, as a content piece he was talking about how everyone can get involved with that and giving tips and hints he was a trained singer obviously hadn't quite gone to plan but he'd done this live streaming thing and he was very very successful with it. he's got his a few channels now and he's he's really just promoting the idea of everyone just just giving it a go he was really really promoting it and that, i think it's uh, it's something for everyone to consider i think because as as we said it's been around for a few years now but still people aren't really embracing it but he said 
the stats you'll get on the back of it mm. could be very useful for your, for your brand or, or, or your company. Well, thank you, Joe. That's been uh, really interesting. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the first part of this conversation, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was, uh, it was pretty good as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found it useful. Uh, we'll be back again next time with more gems of wisdom and useful bits and bobs. So until then, see you next time. See you later.